Welcome back to another podcast, everybody. Today, I'm going to be talking about The Bad Batch, episodes 5 through 7 with Brett. And he's over the phone right now. Hello, everybody. (laughs) There you go. My podcasting debut. Yeah, I know. This is like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Brett's debut. He's going to be famous. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so today we're here talking about three of the episodes in season one in The Bad Batch so far, and, um, what do you think of the season so far, Brett? Uh, I think that so far it's been really good. I think that, especially the animation quality and the voice acting from G. Bradley Baker have been some of the highlights. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's had a couple of misses, like, I think that... Like Omega... uh, it's probably my least favorite where they go uh, rescue the Rancor. I just felt very, very side mission-y, and it didn't really feel like it tied into the rest of the world or advanced any plots or character developments forward. But no, overall, yeah. No, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and Moochie. <laughs> Moochie yeah. might be uh, Bib Fortuna. I mean... Uh, the baby Rancor could be the same Rancor that Luke Skywalker fights in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that'd be pretty crazy. (laughs) Um, But in episode 5, we see that Omega gets a comm device now, and she already abuses that power immediately. (laughs) Yeah, I also think, I think it's, um, it was a good choice and it was interesting to give her a weapon finally you know give her something my bar just just something for her to i guess like advance with you know Mm -hmm. something to represent her development as a character i dropped my bar (laughs) (laughs) um sid is a jedi accomplice who might know who the assassin is um, after uh, Omega. Um, and she's on the planet Ord Mantel. I have no idea about anything on this planet. Ord Mantel was a... I think it was a pretty big thing in Legends. But yeah. I'm not sure. I know that it's kind of like a uh, pretty a- somewhat famous Star Wars uh planet i think it was from like the old republic games maybe it's like something like madripoor and falcon and the winter soldier yeah or something. i think it's supposed to be similar to that where it's just kind of a seedy underground sort of crime ridden place Mm-hmm. um omega i said omega has to be force sensitive like she picks out sid in front of a crowd like immediately I- Either that or the Bad Batch are really dumb. Either she's Force-sensitive or her, like, power or whatever is, like, adaptability. But even then, it doesn't feel, like, consistent enough. You know, like, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like she must be Force-sensitive. But not, like, I think that if she's Force-sensitive, it's because they figured out how to clone a Force-sensitive clone. You know, mm-hmm. like, I think that that's, like, why she was so important to the Kaminoans. Or maybe she's cloned after somebody else. And, maybe like... She was the, uh, mm, I'm trying to think. 
I'm just trying to think of like the Jedi who were around there. Who was the. With Sifo Diaz? Sifo Diaz. Maybe. This is insane. Maybe she's a clone of Obi Wan. <laughs> oh my god, actually? Wait. <laughs> Maybe they got like some Obi Wan DNA while he was on uh, Camino, either in. Either in Attack of the Clones or uh, the Clone Wars. But, Maybe. But I, I where'd she think... get the Aussie accent from then? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I only think that there's a lot more going on with her, and I'm hoping that she'll get right to Camino. Like, I'm hoping that, like, they will kind of keep developing that story and kind of keep it keep it moving rather than sprinkling it in throughout the season. Yeah. Because that, that feels like the most important part to me, at least. You know, Definitely. I mean, going. she's, yes, she's the center of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we see that Sid has a Mando helmet and some other clone helmets in the background, so it doesn't seem like she's, I don't know, trustworthy in any way, shape, or form, but... Yeah, it feels like a means to an end, you know what I mean? Like, she... I don't think that she'll be a major, major player throughout the series or even the rest of the season. No, but, but she's helpful for now. She's helpful for now. Yeah. I think, you know, once they either are no longer profitable or she, you know, sees a chance to sell them out in return for something better, she'll take it. Oh, definitely. She'll sell them out to Fennec Shand in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um... I think they even foreshadowed that in this episode at the end. It was, um, Hunter was, like, concerned that she was going to tell someone, and Sid goes, don't worry, my lips are sealed or something. Yeah. Um, Sid gives them a job to save a kid named Moochie. What she fails to tell them <laughs> is that it's a rancor. <laughs> um, felt like, I feel like it's done a good job at tying into the rest of the world I know that a common complaint has been that it tying in so much has made the galaxy feel small I didn't really feel that except for this episode I felt mm -hmm. that I felt like it was a bit of a reach to have them you know get that specific rancor yeah but I didn't mind it I also I saw somewhere that the uh, the uh, rancor in Turn of the Jedi is is uh, called he or she or whatever like the opposite of what Moochie is called in this episode that it, like the gender doesn't line up. Non Moochie. <laughs> I yeah. am non Moochie. Non Moochie. Luke's got it. Was cool. Yeah. It was cool, but it did feel more like a Clone Wars side mission instead of a Bad Batch episode. Yeah. Um, Wrecker grabbing his head once again in this episode. Talk oh, about man. that later. Oh man. Oh boy. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> they, they've done a really good job and they've been really kind of foreshadowing that since like episode three. You know, like when, when they first crash on that moon. Oh, so yes, yes. They've done a good job at not, like, brushing that, but kind of, you know, 
sprinkling in and leading up to you know what we'll see in later episodes yeah especially uh the next episode um will rex save wrecker from the inhibitor trip oh well actually <laughs> that does happen i'm screaming um sid talks to bib fortuna in a hologram which was cool to see him again. They're kind of... I don't want them to overuse Bib Fortuna, though. He showed up a lot. Like, more than... I guess more than you would think, you know? Yeah. Like, I haven't... I nothing, mean... Nothing for years and years and years. And now it's, like, two appearances in <laughs> six months. Yeah. Bib Fortuna Disney Plus series. <laughs> I'd be game. Um, I think him before... Bubba shows up showing him running. <laughs> We're showing him sitting. Just sitting. And that's it. <laughs> Bib Fortuna is Jabba's right hand man for those of you who don't know, and he's also in the end of Mando season two. Um we see the Bad Badge get captured by Zygerians when trying to save a kid they think is Moochie. And then the baby Rancor comes out because Omega sets it free. Um, I, I liked seeing the Zygerians again. That was that was really interesting and one of the highlights of this episode for me. I I really enjoyed that arc in the Clone Wars and I thought that continuing the you know discussion of slavery in the Star Wars universe is really really an interesting path to take and I know that they kind of hinted at that a little bit yeah with Omega <laughs> with Omega and at, in the end of uh, in Clone Wars season 7 they kind of delving into you know the crime spice world and mm, yeah. that all affects it so I thought, I thought that was really interesting I didn't remember the Zygerians like well but like i remembered the name and i remembered the faces <laughs> yeah they look a little different in this in in this episode they're not like the animation style for them is a little bit different oh, okay. but I, I enjoyed it i thought it was a good upgrade it still works yeah um moochie gets captured and omega snags one of the bar one of the bears and then um sid tells hunter about fennec shand and says that she's new in town <laughs> yeah that's interesting to me so you know in in this uh i guess at this point fennec shand is what like mid mid to early 20s maybe mid to late 80s i would say no yeah, um for sure. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Maybe even her in her teens. So, like, I... Because I think in Mando, she's closer to, like, 40-ish. Oh, okay. Or 40s, I think. Um, but... I don't know exactly I, what... I'm not exactly sure. I think that uh, just going off Ming-Na-Wen's age. But, yeah, I think that it's interesting, like, is there kind of more of a backstory to her that they're going to explore like why she just kind of popped up out of nowhere or is this just her kind of finally showing up as a bounty hunter and finally starting to get recognized um it might be her finally getting recognized this could be her like 
her way into the guild. Yeah. Maybe. Um, and maybe we'll see more of her, like, meeting up with Boba Fett. People think that she's already, like, connected with Boba Fett. I don't think so. I didn't really get that vibe. I just kind of felt like, you know, Boba found her on Tatooine after she had been yeah, And he, you know, fixed her up, and in return she just decided to stay with him. I didn't really yeah. get the impression that they had any pre-existing relationship no i didn't think so either i don't know where the speculation came from um sid offers the bad batch more jobs in the future and to watch their back since they have a bounty hunter after them um i said which jedi went to sid for intel and we kind of talked about that already um Remind me of that part again. I that part is kind of fuzzy for me. Um, Sid was a Jedi accomplice, and uh, that's what Echo said. He said that a Jedi had gone to Sid for advice once or something. So they were gonna go see what she knew about bounty hunters. I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if they'll continue that storyline at all. Like, if maybe someone like Ahsoka or... Yeah, someone who left the Order. Yeah, Ahsoka, maybe Barriss, Shock-Tease, uh... Oh God, Shock-Tease. Aliveness has always kind of been in flux in the Star Wars universe. Mm. So it could kind of be anybody, I think. Um... But, I mean, at the end of the day, definitely not trustworthy, and we see Wrecker get closer to getting controlled by the inhibitor chip in this episode. Moving on to episode six. This one I don't have much on, actually. I mean, I, I thought it did a good job at kind of establishing a growth from Trace and Rafa and kind of making that that arc in the Clone Wars feel more necessary and feel like you know it was actually doing something because I know that the point of that arc in the Clone Wars at the time was to grow Ahsoka's character and I feel like while it you know put her in a lot of interesting situations that I think made her rethink her positions on a lot of you know matters in the galaxy I don't think it immediately did a lot to serve her throughout the rest of the season in the series. No, I didn't think so either. Raph and Trace seemed like a detour at some points, but it was also a wake-up call for her. She needed someone, um, someone's perspective on the Jedi, and I guess Raph and Trace were there. <laughs> yeah, again, I never hated that arc as much as I know quite a few people did. Yes. Um, I just didn't feel like it was as well executed as it maybe could have been, and I felt like focusing on the crime aspect and Maul's influence on the crime world was a lot more interesting than Crossland Oh, definitely. They could have spent more time with that, I think. Yeah. Um... Omega starts training with the bear, and um, Sid gives them a job to Corellia to retrieve the head of a tactical droid. 
yeah, I I think everyone kind of, you know, fought Han and uh, yes. Kira when they said that. And yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that, them not showing up. So <laughs> I'm all right with it. It would have been probably a bit of a stretch, but it still would have been cool. Yeah, I, I, thought, I, was, I had the same thought, actually. Um, but these tactical droids were in charge of all the droids in a given droid army, and uh, that's why they're so valuable. So what on earth does Sid's buyer want with a tactical droid? That seems that's a little what, fishy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm wondering, too, because... You know, obviously she didn't want the whole army, which is what they used the tactical droid for. They just wanted more of a, uh, either, like, the information or the strategies in its head. I don't know. Maybe. I'm wondering if they're going to kind of explore her buyers anymore. Or if they're just going to leave it like she's in some, you know, fishy deals. Yeah, there could be some consequence for the actions of the Bad Patch going to her for help. There's probably going to be some, I don't know, some day of reckoning, unfortunately. Um, See, Racker has a fear of heights, but that's kind of foreshadowed throughout the entire season. Um, This is, I think, the biggest the biggest like okay this is this is happening when he starts muttering good soldiers followers you know, like the, all right they're they're doing it you know and then we hear crosshair say it in his head too yeah it's like oh boy this ain't good but then he just goes back to being normal all of a sudden like nothing but happened it's kind of like you know it's just kind of starting to break through you know like i don't it's obviously not a normal circumstance for, you know, the chip or wrecker. And so it's not going to act in the same way that it did for, you know, someone like Cody. Or Crosshair. It, yeah, or Cross, or, well, even for Crosshair, it didn't quite, it needed to be, like, amplified, you know? It didn't mm-hmm. quite take as strong as it did for the regular clones. Right. Um, but... The tactical droid is how we get Rafa and Trace to come in. They steal the droid head, and Omega confronts Rafa with her bar, and then the whole group fights the droids on Corellia. Um, they use the tactical droid to make the battle droids fight the other droids. <laughs> I, uh, the Clankers. I think, I think that uh, and it was kind of first showcased in, in episode 3, but... The, uh, the upgrade in blaster animation and, like, blaster bolt animation in this series has been really, really cool. Like, you can tell the bolts are, like, brighter, and it just... Than Clone look, Wars? Looks different than Clone Wars, yeah. Okay. Well, you've yeah. watched Clone Wars a lot more than I have. <laughs> yeah. even, even with the end of Clone Wars, you know, the blaster animation on both Clone Wars and Rebels just... I don't know, I just, it was good, and it was fine, mm-hmm. but I think that they've reached a really good point here. I know it's, you know, small, but it, I just appreciate it. Like, I mean, yeah, it's the little things, it's the little things. Yeah. Um, Rafa had a contact to fight against the Empire, 
that's why they needed the tactical droids. So I think she was just helping Rex with whatever. I guess they're building the small, I don't know, re resist rebellion? We find him on like a desolate planet with him and Wolf and somebody else. I don't remember the other clone, but I in Rebels, you said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think it's interesting taking this like rebellion detour with him because we also know from Rebels that the rebellion doesn't like fully form until many many years down the line. You mm -hmm. know. Right. So so this is the early, early beginnings. Yeah, like really early. And that would mean Ahsoka's involved too, but that doesn't I, seem... I would be shocked, honestly, if Ahsoka didn't show up at some point in this series or even this season. Oh yeah, or Darth Vader, dude. Or, perhaps, or maybe Darth Vader. Seeing early Darth Vader would be really interesting. My god, that'd be awesome. Um... <laughs> And also just seeing more of, uh, I'm sure that I think we'll see more of Tarkin. Yes, and, and Rampart. Rampart. He's interesting. He, he is. feels like sort of another random Imperial, so if they can give more death to him and make him feel like an actual threat, sort of like they did Thrawn in Rebels. Yeah, um, I think he's similar to um, Director Krennic in Rogue One, too, yeah. where, like, Tarkin's gonna get really jealous of him and then try to just overpower him in some way. I think that, um, maybe even a better direction they could take is with, um, Admiral Yularen from The Clone Wars, and then he also made a brief appearance in New Hope, but, uh, we kind of find out from Rebels that he does go straight from the Republic into the Empire, and he plays a crucial part in the Empire. So, I think that he was kind of someone who our viewers sort of got attached to, as, you know, seeing him as a good guy who was helping the Jedi work for the Republic. And so, showing him as an Imperial, I think, would be more interesting than just another random, you know, Imperial officer. Right. Yeah, no, that'd be interesting. Uh, Hunter says that... The clones are all different, and Rafa says that she's heard that one before. Uh, she's definitely talking about um, Ahsoka and the Jedi. Yeah. Um, Hunter thinks Rafa will do better at the intel than the tactical droid head. Oh, wait, what? Wait, <laughs> this he sentence makes no sense. Yeah, with the tactical droid head. But yeah. I don't know why he would trust her. She is not trustworthy at I all. Mean, like, Trace is even more trustworthy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that she kind of showed more responsibility and more, you know, legitimacy in this episode than she did in previous ones. And that just, I think, is a credit to her development as a character. But, I mean, you know, she said she was working to fight the Empire he had no reason not to believe her, right? Yeah, I guess. And sh and he's like, I guess you're fighting for something you believe in, and I'm just kind of doing it to survive. Yeah. 
Rafa and Trace have R7 on their ship, and they talk to him in a hologram. That, that made me happy. That was, yeah. that was a pretty, you know, R7 was never a major character in the Clone Wars, but they did, he did show up a few times, and you could tell that he and Ahsoka had an emotional attachment. So I'm glad to see him show up again, and that means that Rafa and Trace are in a have been in connections with Ahsoka again since. Yeah, because in at the end in the in one of the final shots of the Clone Wars series, when you see Rex by that Y wing, you can see that they're fixing R seven, and that like it's like R 7s head is like propped up over his body, and you know so that was kind of a tease, but it was good because that was pretty you know sad in the clone wars finale when they find the three droids and they shoot them all no right that at least he made it out okay Mm -hmm. yay r7 yay r7 (laughs) and then the last episode to talk about today is episode seven and um for r7 um they've done a couple of jobs for sid at this point but there was definitely a time jump uh, yeah. Record. Yeah. This was definitely like they were definitely trying to insinuate that they had done a couple things for Sid, and that's why their debt is built up so high. They tried building that idea by saying Wrecker and Omega have a tradition of eating Mantel mix after every mission. Rika. I mean, I think again that was just another way to strengthen. I think that that has been one of the that's sort of the heart of the show i think or at least one of the hearts of the show i think that almost wrecker and omega's bond has kind of been stronger than her bond with uh with hunter Mm -hmm. at least in the last few episodes yeah definitely so just getting to see that further explored really makes you know when wrecker fully switches it makes it a lot more heart-wrenching and hard to watch mm-hmm. and i think they're going to explore more of her relationships with the rest of the bad batch too like echo right. and tech and crosshair eventually yeah. yeah and crosshair for sure um captain rex appears in sid's cantina and he says well his files say that he was killed in action so no one knows he's alive um, we last saw him when he crash-landed on a planet with Ahsoka, and we don't necessarily know what they did before he found the Bad Batch. Yeah, but I mean, we know where Ahsoka ends up a year after the finale of the Clone Wars, thanks to the, uh, Ahsoka novel written by E.K. Johnston, which is an amazing book. I have uh, not, I have no yeah. idea what happens. <laughs> I mean, it's more just about kind of she's just, you know, in hiding on the run for a while. Oh, okay. Find her at the beginning of the book. But I I think that her and Rex went separate ways. I mean, that's what the book says. Um, but the book has been, you know, sort of ignored. Like, the book did have flashbacks to the Siege of Mandalore, and there were details and stuff that didn't quite line up with the show. Oh, okay. So I don't think that it's fully decanonized. I just think that, you know, it's not going to limit what they're trying to do with their storytelling. Mm-hmm. No, I can I, I see what you're saying. 
Um, but it's clear that Rafa and Trace contacted Captain Rex, and Omega notices right away that he's a first-generation clone. She knows her clone stuff. <laughs> She was, I guess, like a lab assistant on Camino. Is kind of what was insinuated. She just kind of hung out, I guess. She just kind of hung out. <laughs> you know, helped out, wandered the halls. She's just but chilling. She's just chilling. But yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just wondering, is that because she was on Camino so long, or is there something with her, you know, abilities where she can sense it, you know? Or maybe she's a Phase Three clone. Maybe she's a phase three clone. Or a phase four. No. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Will Omega eventually meet Ahsoka and be her first Padawan? Oh. That's mean, a long... That's, that's a long... A pretty, that's a long shot, especially if... Unless they are just going to go the whole way and just completely decanonize the Ahsoka novel. <laughs> which, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate if they're going to explore a storyline with Ahsoka in the show that would kind of replace that but like it was just gonna be like one pop-up appearance and like i don't know you don't have to go out of your way to kind of mess up this timeline right if she's gonna be in the show have her in the show don't force it exactly um rex notices wrecker grabbing his head and immediately just gets paranoid tries to protect omega from wrecker <laughs> yeah i and i mean you can you can kind of hear the pain in his voice when he says i don't want to have to bury anymore my, my brothers, brothers. Yeah. no it was so sad like, the, the finale of blood wars clearly had a lasting you know obviously as it should had a lasting impact on him and you know you see that reflected throughout the rest of this episode yeah and um no the impact is definitely more prominent now for me at least yeah after this episode rex takes the bad batch to Braca. i have not played jedi fallen order you gotta you gotta get on that because jedi fallen order is excellent and i think one of the best you know star wars stories told I heard he's rumored he maybe he'll show up, I don't know. I mean, they presumably are going to leave you know, they left they're on they were on the ship to leave Braca at the end of you know, episode eight, no spoilers, but I I don't think that you know, if they're leaving Braca that it's he'll show up, at least not this season. Oh, okay. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, um, Jedi Fallen Order is a game that was released by EA Sports. And um, Star Wars, Lucasfilm, in what, 2019? Uh, November 2019, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Came out after Battlefront 2, and then there was... What was this year's or 2020s? Squadrons. Yeah, Rogue Squadrons or no, it was just Squadrons. I think it's just Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah. No, I still haven't even played um the Battlefront Two campaign. Oh really? It's all right. It feels pretty short, and I think that uh, you know just going off on a little Battlefront Two tangent. 
they they really advertised the story campaign to like play as the Empire. Mm-hmm. You know, but it kind of fell into I think what they've done a lot with Empire focused stories where you play as the Empire for like three four missions and then you switch to the Rebellion. You know, <laughs> they're not sure what to do after that. <laughs> exactly. it's, it's just not, which I think that you know squadrons which i actually just finished the other day i i like the campaign a lot but squadrons you play as the rebellion and the empire and it you know it commits to the empire you, there's no you know you don't really defect so i like okay. that squadrons well of the, rank those three campaigns um i mean jedi fallen order is definitely by far the longest but i would i would say fallen order Squadrons and then Battlefront 2, 1, 2, 3. Um, but I should still play Battlefront 2. I mean, yeah, I, you have Battlefront 2, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then I would play it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy it exclusively for the campaign, but if you have it, I would play it. It's a fun, it's a fun playthrough. It just, it goes by quick. Okay. But Jedi Fallen Order is definitely the best of the three. Yeah, and now that, like, I don't know, Baraka showed up, now I have to kind of pay more attention to Jedi Fallen Order. You could see that, um, you could see in the scavenger outfits when they, they're just briefly shown this episode, you could see that, uh, it really mirrored, uh, the outfit that Cal Kestis was wearing when we first see him on Baraka. Because, you know, Jedi Fallen Order starts off with... Cal Kestis, uh, you know, former Jedi Padawan, hiding out on Bracca as, like, a scrapper. Mm-hmm. So, that was really interesting, just to see, like, a little nod to Fallen Order. Right. Um, yeah, I didn't know anything about Bracca, but... Yeah. Uh, Ahsoka did this for... Wait, what? Oh, Ahsoka did this for Rex in Season 7 of Clone Wars, trying to protect... Like when Rex tries to protect Omega, and then uh, Wrecker's able to fight it off for like a little, but not as much as like Rex was able to for Ahsoka. Well, I feel like Rex was. Uh, Rex, you know, clearly had a strong bond to Ahsoka, probably stronger than any of the, the other clubs there. And so she was able to briefly hesitate in that moment immediately after and just say, you know, find fives find five but um right aside from that he kind of went all the way off the deep end you know like he after he went all the way there was kind of no hesitation from him until he was like turned back mm-hmm and he said that i mean he describes his experience and it sounds horrifying <laughs> yeah the animal that attacks wrecker is the same one as the one in the trash unit from A New Hope? Oh yeah, I didn't even I didn't even put that together, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that took me a second too. Um, Omega is really worried about Wrecker getting harmed by his inhibitor chip. Wrecker's chip activates, and he starts attacking the Bad Batch. Very yeah. intense scene. Very well animated. Very well act, uh, very well acted by Dee Bradley Baker too. I I think that he was really able to, and it was something he did uh, wonderfully in Clone Wars season seven too, where he's able to really 
you know, hold on to the character while making them feel still like way different and jarring and intimidating yeah yeah like intimidating and you know like you're worried because wrecker is obviously a very powerful overwhelming but a childish character at heart yeah who's afraid of heights (laughs) wrecker points his gun at omega and pauses just like rex for a second not as long but we talked about that Bad Batch all get their inhibitor chips out. Um, I, I thought that it was a, a good choice during this fight to kind of get the blasters out of the equation. Because when you, I mean, when you think about it, Wrecker could probably be taken down by one, you know, stun bolt from a blaster. I don't know, is- man. Hey, he could, he could put three clones' heads together. In the one episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I think the stun, the stun bolt kind of bypasses all that. I, or at least, you know, he could maybe take a couple, but I think... Yeah, it could take they, I, maybe like two or three. The issue with Wrecker is that he's so big and powerful and he can just rush you and take you out, you know? Yeah. But I think if they were kind of more well-coordinated, they could have taken him down easily. But he knocked the blasters out of their hands. I'd like to see someone try to stun him by the end of the season. Let's see. Let's make it happen. Come on. Um, is Rex talking to Ahsoka on his comm outside the ship? That's what, yeah, that's what I was wondering. I don't know. I mean, it could be Trace and Rafa, right? Yeah, um, it could be them too. But he tells them know. that he'll meet them at the rendezvous. So it's been planned out. Yeah, I think that there's definitely more um, more that they're going to explore with Rex and, you know, Trace and Rafa and that whole whatever kind of organization they're building. Yeah, and I wonder if there's, like, other clones like Rex. That... I mean, we know, we know from Rebels that Wolf and uh, Gregor both, um... I guess got their inhibitor chips taken out, but it's not really explained how. Oh, uh, because they kind of made that before season seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, I mean, even in, in Rebels, there are some things about it that contradict. Like, Rex says, I never turned on my Jedi. Well, you know, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so I think that they will want to kind of follow up with that. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, we saw Wolf and Gregor too this season or another season yeah that'd be cool continues to build out that organization yeah I keep hearing their names pop up I don't know anything about them but cool I'm on board I don't remember Gregor super well but I know that Wolf was uh, a part of Plo Koon's um, battalion that's kind of cool yeah. Um, but it seems like Rex is still fighting against the Empire, and we'll definitely see him again. And oh, maybe, for sure. Maybe Ahsoka. The Scrapper Guild notifies the Empire about intruders on the Jedi cruiser, and this is definitely set up for Crosshair to attack the Bad Batch and be tasked with stopping them. And... 
The Bad Batch will most likely try to get Crosshair back by the end of the season. And the last thing I have, which is kind of big, where's Darth Maul? Yeah, that's also something that I'm wondering if they will explore in this series or, you know, maybe another another series or there's been a lot of talk of a uh, solo sequel, either Disney Plus series or movie, which is something that I'd be perfectly fine with because I, I enjoyed Solo, but... Um, yeah, I enjoyed probably, Solo too. That would probably explore that. I would love to see more of his crime syndicate, or the Pike that, syndicate? Yeah, the... Crimson Tide. Syndicate. It's more of just like a it, uh, group of crime syndicates. You know, there's like the Black Sun, the Pikes, and... Uh, Crimson Dawn. Yeah, Crimson Dawn. Yeah. Which, oh my god, if we got like a Paul Bettany voice cameo <laughs> as Dryden Voss. That would be funny. He was mind. so cool in that movie. Was, I feel like Dryden Voss is like... He was a highlight. Really the most underrated... Star Wars characters like I think that he was excellent in that role and especially seeing him like you know I, th- I think a lot of people know Paul Bettany as Vision right mm-hmm. MCU but just seeing him <laughs> be like this intimidating funny you know scary villain was really uh, really cool and probably fun for Bettany to do I know that very different that for would, him I know that he would. He has said that he would uh, come back to the character if they asked him to. That would be so cool. I'm sure that he'd be open to it. Wanda Dryden. Wanda Dryden. That'd be cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're not going to talk about episode 8, but we will say that was definitely the best episode of oh, the show sure. so far. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yes. I Lots Where? of spoilers on that one, but there were a lot of spoilers in episode 7, too, and out of, like, 1 through 7, I would say 7 was the best. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really liked the premiere. I thought that the premiere... I liked the premiere, did, too. Yeah. did a good job at, you know, setting up where the show was gonna go. And it leads right from Clone Wars right into the next thing, and, um... Yeah, it blends perfectly. I mean, I, I really like the first four a lot. You know, I think I thought the all first those were really four? good. Um, aftermath, cut and run with cut. Uh, oh yes. Replacements where they're stuck on the moon. And okay. Cornered Fennec Shand. Oh, and Fennec Shand. Eh, that oh. one was actually disappointing for me. Really? I mean. And I so was episode. Eh, the cut one was good actually never mind that one was really good i liked that one a lot yeah but yeah and then you know five five and six kind of were a bit of a dip in quality but not too bad right and then seven really just kind of five and six was just set up for seven and eight just to make yeah, them better in there you know it was, it was mainly just about developing omega and setting up wrecker mm-hmm. but i think that seven almost acts as more of just the precursor to eight you know like definitely it, it really you know eight is definitely the main attraction in in, in these two episodes you mm-hmm. know yeah no it's f- for sure and i'm excited to see where episode nine goes this week um 
Um, then, so where, hmm? where do you think they're hoping to go with um, Crosshair by the end of this season? Like, uh, think I think he's going to have a redemption story and then he's going to die. You think he's going to die right after having a redemption story? Not right after, but by the end. Oh, by the end of the series. I mean... By the end of the season. That kind of leads to a bigger question. Where do you think that these characters are going overall? Like, you know, how... How do you think... Like, with the, what's the end game? Yeah, exactly. Um... Eventually, they're all gonna die. Or I, I, they'll meet up in the Rebellion and become a major part of it. I mean, yeah, it's sort of like... It's sort of like a Rogue One situation where it's like, okay, if if they succeed, you know, or if they're, you know, become, you know, major players, it's not like they can survive because, okay, where were you in New Hope, you know? Right, or, yeah. Because, like, I think that they're clearly setting them up to be, to join a rebellion of some sorts at some point. And then to join death. And <laughs> then eventually, yeah, join death. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know, I don't see how they escape it. You know, it's very similar to the situation that the Rogue One characters were put in. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And, um... But yeah. Uh, the next podcast that I'll do on The Bad Batch will be episodes 8 through 10. And, yeah, so episode 10 will be out, what, July 2nd. So I'll probably have a podcast out the next week. Um, but thank you for joining, Brett. Do you have anything else on the Bad Batch? Um, not really. I'm hoping that we'll get to see Ahsoka soon. Me too. She's great. Um, She's aside from great. that, I'm really just kind of enjoying watching the characters develop and interact with each other. And the, you know, Camino crosshair arc also. Yeah. I think it's all very interesting and a concept that I didn't really think too much about. But yeah. five and six were definitely a dip in quality, and then seven brought it up, and then eight yeah. <laughs> escalated it. <laughs> oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. I think, I think that overall they've done a good job at, you know, having filler episodes, but aside from, you know, especially five, not making them feel too boring or useless, you mm-hmm. know? They serve a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for joining, sir. Um, usually I end my podcast by saying be nice to each other out there. I don't know if you have anything you want to say as your outro. <laughs> um, I, don't, I have not come up with an outro yet. That's but I okay. Will, I believe I will be returning. Oh, definitely. For our uh, hacks episode hacks on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. I still have a few episodes to watch, but yes. then I will be so ready for that. I will, I'll see you guys then, I guess. Audie, I'll see you then. <laughs> be nice to each other out there.